Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where it is both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you a specific takeaway. All that way, your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully dive into things, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So this past week um, was kind of a very interesting. It was all kinds of uh, activities, um, things of that nature. But um, I want to begin with this documentary called Dream is Destiny, which is about Richard Linklater. Now, this is a documentary that I'd seen a while ago, but it came back to me because there was an interaction that I had at the start of the, the, the week that, I don't know, it, it was very interesting. And I commend myself for handling it with grace and, uh, you know, just very proud of how I handled it. Because, I mean, essentially, you know, I was speaking with somebody that just had no respect for essentially anything that I did or just like the entertainment industry in general. Um, but, you know, certainly it was in that moment a personal indictment of myself. And yet, you know, um, as with all things, it's not really about the person's more reflection of who they are. Um, but it was very interesting to kind of see that. Um, and the reason why it brought up for me this documentary uh, was because Dream is Destiny, if you know Richard Linklater and his body of work, you know, dating back to his first movies, people just didn't believe him. You know, they, they wrote him off. They, and he gained notoriety for the movies and stuff like that, but the, people kept always writing him off and like he was this outside sort of maverick and so forth. And his movies are quirky and weird, you know, um, like Waking Life, he was like the way he did it as like a rotoscope film and it's, you know, it doesn't really have a plot. It's just more philosophical exploration of what it means to be alive essentially. And, you know, before sunrise, you know, that was kind of the first of its kind in that way um, where, yeah, I mean, he's just kind of like a trailblazer in many ways and just, you know, um, like his movies have plot. Um, and they feel very satisfying, and yet, like, they're not typical in that way. You know, Dazed and Confused certainly is just kind of exploration of post, you know, of high school and post-high school. But, so, ultimately, what I'm saying is, this, this documentary is very inspiring. And so, you know, last episode of the vlog, I talked about this idea that, you know, look at your negative beliefs, you know, whatever's kind of weighing you down and instead write down something that you would prefer to believe, you know, instead of that and then find evidence of that, you know, let your confirmation bias go to town. And so this idea that, you know, your stuff's weird or, you know, there's no value to it or stuff like that is all BS because, you know, Literally, someone said that to Richard Linklater. And there's plenty of artists who hear that all the time, especially early on in their careers. And then they go on and, and, and make it, right? And 
no one's any more the wiser, right? So it's just one of those things that, yeah, to, to me, I always look for inspiration. Um, and especially in like documentaries and stuff like that, um, I think, you know, those are lives lived. And so whether it is something artistic, you know, like Dream is Destiny following Richard Linklater, who is a film director, or something completely different. Um, to me, I'm just in awe of, you know, what we can be capable of in the pure sense. And I think documentaries allow for that. And this is certainly one up there for me that I really, really love. And, you know, um, if anything, there will be a lot of naysayers, you know, in your life as, as you come up. I mean, we all deal with critics. And there's that very famous... I think it's a poem, you know, the man in the arena, right? Like at the end of the day, what matters is the man in the arena. Everyone else can take their shots at you and stuff like that, but you're actually in the arena doing it. And, you know, that's what's so interesting to me. Even people within this industry will take shots at you. And yet what's always fascinating to me is when they're, they aren't doing anything, right? They're just so stuck in their fear-based bubble um, and yeah, you know, yet they'll, they'll, they have no problems criticizing you. And it's like, well, what have you done? You know, you've been in this business for a number of years and yet you still cling on to X, Y, and Z and haven't like taken a leap of faith on yourself and, you know, progressed anything. You know, if, if, if others are hiring you for all, all these jobs, great. But if not, then, you know, to me, it's like you, you got to create your own destiny. You got to you, you got to show people why you're, you are worth taking a shot on, you know, and like that for me. I think a big distinction, there are a lot of people that I see that feel entitled um, and they're upset because they feel like their talent um, should already have yielded more results than they are. Whereas for me, I know I have talents, but I don't feel entitled in that way. And hence why, you know, yeah, listen, if people want to join me and, and, you know, fund my movies, like nothing would make me happier. But I'm not going to sweat it if they're not. And I will find a way to do it myself. And that's what I've been doing. And the irony of all of that is then people are much more likely to give it to you because they don't want to miss out. And furthermore, there's something tangible that they can look at and be like, okay, yeah, no, I, I, I like this. I want to go along on this journey, right? So at the current moment, people can look at two feature films of mine, you know, narratives, and see sort of my style. Uh, they can look at my books, you know, and all the other stuff that I've ever created, right? And they can kind of get a sense of who I am. And that's great because that's all out there. But, you know, when there's no data, right, for, for lack of a better term, how can one do that? And it's not to say that, you know, even now as I'm creating this animated movie, it's completely different of the two movies that I made, you know, so far. Uh, and the reason for that is because, you know, I have different styles that I want to try. And, you know, and the way I approach those was indicative of the stories that I wanted to tell at the moment. And you know, the way in which those were best told in terms of the narrative and in terms of the budget and the constraints, right? So I leaned into that. Um, 
but you know, like any artist, like Hayao Miyazaki is one of my favorite artists. He, he has such a wide range of stories that he tells, you know? And so that, that to me is beautiful. You know, when I, I try to sort of want to emulate that because there, I, I do have various interests, you know, and I want to try. And that is the beauty of my approach in many ways is because I don't get pigeonholed, you know? I'm not just like a horror director or, you know, this romance director. Like, I have tons of interests and I want to try them all and, you know, bump my head along the way and grow because of it, right? That to me is the interesting part. And that's why I do, as I said, love my approach in that way because it allows for that exploration rather than, oh no, I got to deliver, you know, this movie and it's got to be X, Y, and Z, you know, um, under these sort of certain constraints. So, you know, I can play with genre tropes and stuff like that and, and so forth, right? That, that to me is the, the fun part. And that's what I'm doing, you know, but, but it's always interesting, you know, going back to the idea of haters, like they just, it, it, it's so interesting to me. Like they, they just think like on the one hand, they know it's not easy, right? Um, otherwise they'd be doing it. And yet they, they think for others, it, it is so easy. Right. And, and I just want to almost in a sense, like put up a filmmaker challenge to like anyone who rags on anyone else. And like, you know what? It's so easy. I'll give you, I'll give you the same budget I have or had um, on my second feature film and, you know, go to another country, you know, find other actors um, to, to be in it, you know, convince them, plan it all out, write the script. Um, one of the requirements that I would do is like, you have to find, you, you have to license uh, a song that is from that country, you know, you, and have, it has to play in your movie, right? And you have to do it within the budget that you have. Um, and yeah, deliver it. And it has to be a narrative feature, you know, anywhere between 85 minutes and 95 minutes. And go for it. You know what I mean? Like, because it's so easy. Um, So, yeah. And what's fun is that this past weekend, uh, my friends and I, we went to um, this thing called Smorgasbord, LA, um, which is basically like a, a food truck fair every Sunday at The Row in downtown LA. And the reason I bring this up is because it was like a mini reunion. It was the guys from uh, my second feature film. You know, we haven't seen each other in a long time. Not all of us together. You know, I might have seen each of them individually, um, but like all of us together as a group. And yeah, it was just fun to sort of reminisce. And yeah, the hardships become those great stories. And as I talk about in another episode, you know, there is distinction to me between pushing ourselves to our limit versus a toxic work environment. And, you know, there was definitely a particular mishap that happened that like, I, you know, have a lot of regret over and wish, you know, but it was also one of those things that I know in my heart of hearts, I did the best I could. That wasn't the intention. And at the end of the day, we've all sort of now been able to laugh about it. Um, and it, it is just part of the story. Um, and the reason I'm saying this is because, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it takes effort to do anything uh, meaningful and just keep going, right? Regardless of 
what anyone else may say. Just keep going and, and find your way through it. Find like-minded people. Like I, you know, I, I'm very grateful for that there are tons of people that believe in me, want to work with me. And likewise, you know, um, I, I think it's a two-way street. And there's, you know, as I look back at my career, certainly, you know, in the past few years as a filmmaker, yeah, sure, there's ways that I could expedite my process. And, you know, if I just focus solely on my script writing and, you know, making my movies, I'd maybe be further ahead, um, at least in the sense of, you know, like maybe I might be on my, you know, my, my third movie already completed and working on my fourth or whatever the case may be. But to me, I, I, I put a high premium on investing in others as well. And so, you know, my friends are constantly writing scripts, filming them, editing them. And so, you know, I like to be involved um, and help out however I can. You know, for the past couple of weeks, I've been talking about this sizzle reel that my friends have been putting together. And now we're in the final stages of it. Um, and I've been helping guide that along. You know, I, I helped, you know, I was there filming it. Then I helped edit it. And now, you know, like I said, it's in the final, final stages of everything. And part of that is I coordinated the various people for that stage because, you know, they're people that I work with and I trust and I know they can deliver. So that feels great too, you know. But even even if I can't always, you know, do it to that micro level, uh, it's great to sort of just nudge people along, right? There, there's a friend of mine who wrote like this five-page pilot for a web series and, you know, asked me if I could read it. I was like, yeah, of course. Like, even if it was longer, um, I'd do it. I just, you know, sometimes it comes down to time and whatnot. But yeah, I was like, five pages? Totally, you know, <laughs> I can read that <laughs> while I'm waiting somewhere or something like that, right? So I did, and then we had a chat, and it was wonderful. Um, and, you know, she was really inspired. Um, and really, it's not that my notes, or th- I'm not putting an overemphasis on, like, my genius of, like, note-giving or anything like that. It's not about that. It's more about bringing to light what the person is trying to say and finding that out and helping them unearth that, right? And that's exciting because for them, the answers are there. They just need a little bit of guidance. You know, I mean, you know, you, for lack of a better term, when I'm challenged in terms of well, why did this happen in the script, then when I have to like actually verbalize it, you know, it either solidifies it for me or it brings it to light and it makes me realize, okay, wow, this is the first time I've actually said that. And yeah, that makes sense, except how it's written isn't indicative of that. So I have to alter it accordingly, you know? So that to me is the fun part. And to that effect, you know, I'm sort of now in the phase of writing this script for this animated movie, this animated fantasy. And this past week, you know, I got very far and it, um, it's interesting, you know, um, the whole reason why I'm writing the script at this current moment, even though, you know, I'd, I'd been revising the outline for a number of months and working with my team to get it as polished as possible. And finally, you know, um, the team felt, hey, listen, sure, there's areas that there's questions on that uh, need, you know, could be finessed and so forth. 
but that'll come, right? And it'll be more worthwhile to explore it in the script and, you know, see how it all goes. And so that's what gave me the permission to do this. And now reading it, like, I'm about, let's say, three-fifths done with the script. And it's very different. It's not very different, but, like, you can definitely tell the, the scenes based off the outline. You, you know, you, you know which scene is what from the outline, and yet how it executes itself is varying more and more. And that's exciting, right? Because it means it's building on the script, or rather, sorry, building on the outline of what the intentions were and elevating that to a whole new level versus just keeping it um, as was. And that, that to me is, is a fun thing, and it's not an indictment on the outline of how terrible it is. No, if anything, it's like, okay, this was you know, a stepping stone, a blueprint to get to the script, which is another stepping stone and a more fleshed out blueprint of what the movie will be. And in terms of, yeah, my quirky process, like the way I want to do this, I, I do want to, you know, have table reads, of course, but even more so once we get to a point where we feel strongly about the script, I want to film it just in my apartment um, and edit it together and just have it be very um, low-key that way so I can really see the movie from start to finish and finesse it that way before we even ultimately get to the, you know, the majority of the animation phase, right? So right now, as we're still moving forward, we're creating character design, set design, and so forth, but as far as literally, you know, all the scenes, we won't do that until this phase is done, and Speaking of my second feature film, we did a lot of rehearsals, which really, really helped. And all of those were filmed. And I had it, you know, they weren't like shot by shot the movie, but at least they were like, you know, tracking shots of the scene and stuff like that. Um, And I could see it, how it flowed. And it allowed me to revise the script before we ever landed in Columbia. So I could see the movie and see, okay, which scenes need to be punched up, what's unclear, you know, how's the pacing, yada, yada, yada. And that was a very invaluable tool for me. So, you know, I'm kind of taking a similar-ish approach as far as this is concerned. Um, You know, for me, I love to iterate and so forth. And, And, you know, one of my goals is to have the script ready to submit to the Austin Film Festival, which the deadline is May 25th. So as it stands, my my goal is to have the script be done by May 17th and then revise it before that May 25th deadline. Now, how it all goes, we'll see. You know, as I've said before in other episodes, I will not submit something that I don't feel is strong, but at least it's a good catalyst to make progress. So that's kind of, you know, where I'm at with it and um, also why I'm going to kind of lessen the output of, you know, episodes just to kind of put more of a focus on this um, and so forth. The other interesting aspect that I want to talk about uh, was soccer. So soccer for me is, you know, something that I love and I've been doing for a while, you know, I played in college and still I play competitively here in leagues and stuff like that. 
And unfortunately, as time goes by, it's this realization hitting me that it might be too much of an intense sport on me and my body. Um, and so, you know, at what point do you quit in that way? You know, because of injuries and so forth, like they, they really take a lot out of you. And the thing of it is, I don't necessarily have a problem quitting soccer as I thought about it because I'll find something else, right, to like for the physical activity side of it. The, the thing that, you know, I grab onto that would suck the most is soccer for me has been one of the most social aspects of my life. And that's ultimately why I love soccer. You know, that, that bond that is created um, with people that you're on a field with um, is just immense, right? And my best friendships have come from that, you know, and I'm talking, you know, guys, girls, um, whoever, you know, it's just that that camaraderie that comes from it is invaluable. And that's what would suck um, if I were to quit soccer in, in itself. But we'll see. I don't know. Um, certainly that's been sort of weighing on my mind and stuff of that nature. But um, yeah. And then the other thing, you know, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, just to kind of wrap things up, been writing this this script and really focused on that, especially because of the May 25th deadline. But also, I've had the pleasure of seeing various friends that I haven't seen in a while um, and catching up with them. And that, that's been great and having like philosophical talks and debates. And also, um, you know, there was two friends that I got to meet up with this weekend. And um, I saw Susan May again with them, uh, which... I really love, like, as a movie, it it's, continues to grow on me in the best of ways. I, you know, who knows? It might end up being my, my favorite movie of the year. But it was great to share it with, you know, two people who, for them, you know, aren't as big into animation, let's say. And one in particular, you know, um, isn't. But, like, she was crying by the end of the movie. That's how much, like, it had an effect on her. And it was just so pr- profound and beautiful that I loved it. So, yeah, you know, again, if anything, it speaks to the idea that, yeah, you know, if I have this May 25th deadline, the obvious choice might be, you know, lock myself up and just write, write, write until it's good enough. But I don't know. I also value living life, the the friendships that I have. You know, as I said, these were people that I had not seen in a while. Um, you know, there, there, was a, there was a couple that you know, I absolutely love um, my friends Howie and Fern, and they sort of, you know, texted me last minute like, hey, um, we're going to be free tonight, you know, would you want to get dinner tonight? And though I had some other stuff kind of there, I was like, hey, I can do, you know, after this time, if that works for you. They're like, totally. And we made it happen, and, uh, you know, there was no doubt in my mind. I was like, listen, I love these people. I haven't seen them in a while. Like, let's, 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 let's go. And it was just such a blast, you know. So... Yeah, invest in life as much as your art, you know, to the extent that you can because, you know, we're only here for a fleeting moment. And, yeah, so thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Um, I truly do appreciate you. As always, comment down below or hit me up on social media at Phil Svitek. You know, we're based on whatever I'm talking about. 
or whatever you would like to hear me talk about. And if you think that I might be of benefit to you with whatever it is you're creating, well then uh, consider signing up for my Patreon page, patreon.com slash philcetech. It's essentially a, a cheap way to you know get my input um, instead of having to pay for full coaching, you know. Um, and it's $10 a month. There's just one tier for everybody, so everyone gets the same thing. That to me feels right. So, you know, if that's not a financial burden and, and you know, you, you would like to, to gain the benefits of our interaction more directly, then, you know, consider that. Anyway, thank you so much, and I hope to see you next time.